begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris, I'm joined by Milton and Ben for Outer Rim Transmission, episode 136, our friendly local neighborhood Star Wars podcast. Hey, we got some big news. This is one of those shows that we always look forward to recording and talking about because we have a massive, oh, a couple big announcements, but one massive announcement. We're getting all into the announcement of the Mandalorian and Grogu film, which is shooting this year. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the confirmation of Ahsoka Season 2, more High Republic adventures, so much stuff going on. Milton, it's good to have you back in the new year, man. How you been? I'm good. It's glad to be just glad to be back. Um, 2024 is here. Can't believe it. Um, but yeah, glad to talk some Star Wars. Hopefully, um, this year is a good year for Star Wars in the sense of movies, TV shows, whatnot. So I'm looking forward to what Lucasfilm and Disney can bring to the table this year. Oh yeah, we got Bad Batch, Acolyte. We have other things down the pipe. Skeleton Crew, Tales of the Jedi, and maybe even some more surprises along the way. Ben, how's it going? Good, good, and just uh, just chilling. Just been working out, back on the grind. Like I said before, after that back injury I had, it's it was nice to actually be back to working out all week. So it was, you know, it's just a relief finally getting back in the actual swing of things. And then, um, other than that, really, you know, just kind of the norm. Really, just 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 chilling, hanging out. Um, you know, uh, I was I've been listening to uh, finishing up. Um, the first duology book from the Thrawn, the Thrawn series. Like I'm, I think I only have like two hours left in that. So I'm getting really close to finishing that up. That's been a very good book so far. Um, and yeah, I mean, other than that, like just been kind of a normal week, nothing, nothing too crazy for like my week in star Wars outside of our big news stories. We're going to talk about tonight, because I feel like for probably the most of us, unless, um, you know, you guys have some like unique things. I feel like, most likely our week in Star Wars is going to be this news we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, I would say that, but I've also been listening to a Star Wars audiobook. Uh, Milton, we talked about this last week, how Spotify premium members now get the audiobooks. I'm like, you know what? Dang it. I'm going to I'm gonna start listening to Legends more. I have listened to Legends in the past, but um, what I'm currently going through is the Red Harvest audiobook by Joe Schreiber, written by Joe Schreiber. And uh, it just brought up this type of species in star wars that i didn't really think a lot about and it popped up and here i'll, I'll show it to everybody that's watching live on the chat uh there is this creature called
use. Yeah, no, you Spotify, and then if okay. you're an Amazon Prime member, you get like what the one Audible a month or something. So if you plan your cards out right, you okay. can actually, yeah, because I, I do have Amazon Prime. Yeah, I was gonna say I think you get one um one audio Audible book a month. I think with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I mean it's a it's a good deal for Spotify and stuff too for people that use that. But um, how about you, Milton? Did you have any? Star weekend Star Wars this week? I actually did. It happened yesterday. Um, I wish I had a I, I wish I had a picture of it like to show you. At least had a, it's downstairs. But uh, my dad got me a Christmas gift, and he forgot to give it to me during Christmas because we were busy with preparing for my brother's wedding, that type of thing. So he gave it to me today or yesterday. It's um, he ordered it from Timu. Oh. And it was like a clock, like a wooden like clock that was mm-hmm. like carved out of wood. Yeah. And it was of the Death Star. And it was like the characters like carved in a wood and Death Star. It was pretty cool, man. Like it's a cool dope type clock. Mm-hmm. Old school hands. I'll, I'll send nice. you guys a picture of it in the group chat, but it was nice seeing that because he knows obviously how much how much I love Star Wars and it's him. He's the one that got me into Star Wars. So mm-hmm. for him to get me something that was that kind of cool. It wasn't a major gift. It was kind of like, hey. I know you like Star Wars. I yep, know it's yep. something that's simple to you, but you would appreciate this. So, yeah. So, you got me a Star Wars, like, carved wooden clock. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, it really adds, like, having, like, the natural kind of side of collectible things with, mixed with Star Wars, like wood, for instance. It's a really cool idea. Uh, we're just so used to the normal things yeah. of Star Wars as collectibles. You just think of action figures. You think of books and comics, but then something that's like handcrafted like that is like, it just brings out the uniqueness. It just makes it something even more special, you know? Right. No, I agree. All right. So as Ben was saying, we got a lot to get into tonight. Um, before we get started, some housekeeping as always. We go live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern time here on the Star Raptor YouTube channel. We are also available to download on any podcast app of your choice. I know Google Podcasts, I'm getting the alerts. That is no longer going to be a thing in April, but will be available on everything else like Spotify and Apple Music. So go ahead and on all those platforms, make sure you go subscribe, comment if you can, hit those like buttons and let us know what you think about our positive Star Wars podcast. And you could be part of that community if you join us live, such as Brittany Taylor, who is chiming in in a chat. Hope the Floney movie isn't another Imp versus Rebel. What about Grisk slash Abeloth slash Sun versus everyone with Thrawn? Yes, this is probably a topic for its own podcast, but um, I've always been floating around mm-hmm. the idea of we need something different than normal good guy versus bad guy white trooper versus ragtag rebels we've seen that time and time again so yeah let's throw in the gris let's throw in these crazy things that are gonna you know change the status quo because you know for better or for worse that's what really i think hurt the sequel trilogy is it's way too familiar with things you already know well the thing yeah. is with that like i mean with britney's comment there you know you have the grisk potential like just because obviously like the books and everything and then you have, you know, the drawback to, or the callback to, you know, I remember we talked about it on a podcast over the summer, yep. but like Dave, uh, you know, there was the one drawing of Dave, you know, for Rebels, the concept art for Rebels, or it might have been Clone Wars, I don't remember which one it was, but it was a concept art Dave drew for one of those two shows where, I mean, it's only one picture, but it's a Yuzen Vong scout ship. So, oh, yeah. 
you know, obviously, like, that sort of thing is on Dave's radar. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we go and get that sort of thing introduced. And then maybe that could be, like, what's involved in, like, say, Dave's movie, like, for a big, big hurrah. Yeah, I think that could be that could be a good way of going about it. Uh, just introduce something here, then then make it bigger in somewhere some other part of the the franchise. There, uh, Milan, what are your thoughts on this? On the Dave Filoni movie coming out? Uh, yeah, just this question, like just the idea of like, would you like to see something different than a normal Rebel versus Imperial type of archety- archetype of like oh. the conflict? Like another kind of enemy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we we've gotten it. Okay, look at okay, look <laughs> at the best things about Star Wars that that isn't Jedi versus Sith or Rebels versus Empire or Force or mm-hmm. um, Resistance or whatnot. You look at Bad Batch. You look at Mandalorian. You look at Tales of the Jedi. You look at Visions. Like they done a good job at telling different types of stories, whether it's different characters genres or parts of star wars that, that we aren't familiar seeing they've done a really good job of telling stories that we all were like oh my god we want more of it so they they have the ability to do that they have the ability to say hey let's go away from the tradition of rebels versus empire we got stories about you know pockets of mm-hmm. people trying to fend to, to defend their farms from x y and z or we got this is not like those are just as good stories. I mean, even looking at Ahsoka and Tales of the Jedi versus that one um, uh, Inquisitor. Yeah. Yes, it was Jedi. It was Jedi and Sith. But w- was it really though? She didn't really use a lightsaber except for the Dyson ones. But it wasn't even like like we didn't need a big fight. It, like just that story leading up was a great story itself. Um, you look at the the Bad Batch trying to um, what was the last couple of episodes when they were trying to infiltrate the base like. That had nothing to do with quote unquote actually like fighting good guys versus bad guys. I forget what their mission was, but that was simple enough. Like we I love that storytelling. You know, we we got close to troopers. Like we were appreciating stormtroopers, or not stormtroopers, but like troopers from that era. So mm-hmm. if they want to give us something that had nothing to do with our main parts of Star Wars, I'm all about it. So yeah, I'm cool with it. As long as it's str- long as long as it's a strong story. It's consistent, and it's not too over the top where we get kind of lost with it. Then I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, I look at the best example right now of the High Republic and the idea of the Nile. Yeah, these punk rocker raiders that, and we're dealing with it in Phase Three. I'm in the middle of reading Defy the Storm, which is coming out in March. But like that whole thing is the Nile have the upper hand. Like we're actually seeing an example of what happens when the Republic kind of sits on its laurels for too long and, and lets some other random faction just get ahead of them and they're not infallible. But yeah, we're seeing like, okay, the Nile, maybe they're not the best empire. Once they're in power, are they going to actually be able to hold the power? But they're pretty darn good at making plans to actually take down governments and take down planetary militias. But their whole issue is, oh, they're they're not the best at actually holding the territory, so to speak. But yeah, great question. Uh, great question by Brittany Taylor. Um, you could join her in the chat as we always go live and we have fun in the comment section in our conversations and discussions. Out this week, we have two comics. We have, let's see, we have the Mandalorian issue number eight. So if you 
really liked Mandalorian season two, then there you go. You got all eight comics that are out now out and available to purchase. We also have Star Wars issue number 42, which might interest you guys actually because it's a Luke Skywalker story and we are getting more out of Luke. He has, um, he's trying to, he, he's learning about a Sith actually in between Empire Return of the Jedi. He's trying to cleanse this red kyber crystal. So it's this really kind of strange story where he's going inside the the crystal to try to to basically try to turn the crystal. I'm trying to figure out the right terms here. <laughs> the way to cleanse the dark side out of the crystal is to go into the memory of the crystal and he ends up into like this kyber crystal belonged to. It looks like an old republic Sith. Um so he's in the middle of this two-part story in the past, in his mind's eye, in the past of when this crystal was belonging to this Sith. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I'm just happy we're getting more Luke Skywalker content. But yeah, we have our discussion, me and Matthew from Ion Cannon. Uh, we're over there on the tractor beam on the Star Wars Underworld talking about that and talking about more. Uh, we actually talked a bit about today's story with Mandalorian and Grogu. So I'm going to let you guys do most of the talking on this one because I said a lot on that podcast already. Um, but yeah, I don't think we should wait any longer. Let's dive in. This is the biggest story of the last oof, couple months for sure. Um, when it comes to everything with this whole movie. So I'm going to just read straight from, uh, starwars.com here. Uh, let's see. So we have, here we go. The Mandalorian and Grogu are embarking on a new adventure to movie theaters. Directed by John Favreau and produced by Favreau, Kathleen Kennedy, and Dave Filoni, The Mandalorian and Grogu will go into production in 2024. So there you have it. Uh, Milton, I'll throw this over to you. What's your what's your first reactions? Um, and to be clear for everybody out there, yes, there was already a Mandalorian movie announced, but that's its own thing still. And that's by this is a brand new movie that they just announced in addition to the other Mandalorian movies. So I'll throw it over to you, Milton. Uh what's your first impressions of 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 a, a new Star Wars movie just being announced on a random Tuesday? Are you looking forward to this? Do you think this is a good idea? Obviously we're gonna break this down pretty heavily, but just first reactions. Um I guess so. I guess I'm excited for it because it's. I mean, there hasn't been a Star Wars movie in a while. When was the last one? It's been years, right? Well, this is, and this is, and to to keep in mind too, Milton, this is the first movie of the slate. It says in that article too. So this is the first movie we're getting in theaters, and it's the first one since 2019. I'm about to say since was that Rod Skywalker? Yep. Yep. Is that yeah? So like, um, yes. I mean, look, I, I think it's time new movie i will say that i do mm. agree that it's time for a new star wars movie it's time for star wars to get back into the theaters we all know this property was started within you know the silver screen and that's how we always experienced it until we got the clone wars which again that was a great you know setup for how tv and eventually was for streaming um so am i am i excited for this movie i don't know if i'm excited hopefully it's great I've always I feel that Mandalorian or that character Grogu fits the streaming platform better because we we're so used to seeing him on that particular platform and it works. Um, so I think I'm more I have some reservation about it working on the silver screen just because I felt like those characters got so much depth on the streaming platform compared to what you can get on the, the big screen. So that's where my reservation and hesitation comes in. However, 
because it's Dave Filoni, because it's John Favreau, most likely partnering with him and doing yep. all this type of stuff. Do I, do I feel com- confident in what they can, they can do to bring something to the silver screen? Absolutely. However, there is some reservation. There's some hesitation due to what I said. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, but at the same time, if it fails, which I don't want it to, let's be very clear. <laughs> if it fails or isn't as successful, or, yeah. or, or not wouldn't say fail. If it's not as fleshed out, I'd understand that because you only get about two hours and 20 minutes to tell a story, most likely. You're not, you're not going to get five to six episodes that are about 35 to 45 minutes, sometimes 50 minutes long. Um, that, that That's the biggest thing to me. Yeah, I I think all those sentiments are, are nice bullet points we're going to dive into specifically. Um, just, you know, the idea of why, why movie versus a series. Yep. It started off as a series. What's going on here? Uh, anyway, so, you know, Ben, what, what's your first thoughts on all this? Yeah, we'll, uh, I'll give my bird's eye view and then we can like dive into more of the details of all this um, about this movie. Um, for me, I think it's a good way for starters. It's a good way to get Star Wars back into theaters because in my opinion, it was a really bad calculation for them to begin with to start off. Mind you, this is nothing. I always have to caveat some of my statements so they don't sound too bad. But <laughs> this is nothing against the sequel trilogy at all. But it's a totally bad PR customer relationship move to bring to start back Star Wars in theaters with the sequel trilogy, not because like, you know, we're some like I'm some anti-sequel person or anything at all. Some of those movies I do enjoy. It's just those movies were so divisive. You have to think about it from a customer relations standpoint, mm. like even not even from the hardcore fans like say our parents like if milton's dad had a bad experience with say rise of skywalker last jedi or force awakens and then you start off star wars back in theaters after like a seven-year layoff you start off star wars back in theaters with another sequel era movie you know milton's dad would probably look at that and go yeah i'm good i'm good but what could get what could get milton's dad into theaters oh that Mando show we watched three mm-hmm. or four seasons of, you know, with Mando and Grogu. Yeah, let's come on, Milton. Let's go see it. And Milton's brother or whoever else. Like, you know, so that sort of thing. That's where, you know, it's good they ch- made this change because, you know, if you're starting with the sequel era, it just, it, it could start things off poorly, potentially. And I feel like, right. I feel like, okay, like if you think about it this way, like, so you have this Mando movie and then the Dave Mando movie. Mm-hmm. The thing is, if you do this and then the Dave movie potentially back to back, that could give the sequel era movie some more time to settle, some more buffer room, some more buffer room. So instead of like, say, Milton's dad having, say, a thing in the back of his head thinking, nah, I don't really want to see that. Maybe he'll be like, oh, I'll go check it out, you know, versus like it's still being in recent memory. So, you know, that's where I think they're actually heading in a good direction with this. And like I texted. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. No, go go ahead. I'll, I'll let oh, you finish. I'm oh, sorry. oh yeah. I was just about to finish. Like I said, like I texted in our group chat. You can already see the impact of like Dave Filoni having his new position. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll be devil's advocate on this one. Okay. Because yep. this actually should have been part of my Star Wars week too, and I just remembered it. Um. So you talked about sequel trilogy fans versus non sequel trilogy fans, and how that impact would be. Look at the now. Look at people who are just introduced into Star Wars. Hmm. You know, because 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 their perspective is going to be completely different. Because they may like the the Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. So they decided to come in 
with a sequel trilogy character. Like, I mean, they, they announced the Ray movie, and, and I know that's coming, and I know there's some controversy about the director making comments or whatnot. Um, but understandably so, like, if they want to bring in that realm and say, hey, let's start off with a sequel trilogy film because we know we're coming off of that five years ago. Let's keep that fan base, but also bring in new ones who's coming in, plus add in the Mando movie because that's currently hot and the Grogu stuff because that's currently hot. I don't understand it. Just rotate every other year like they've done before when Star Wars got re- reintroduced mm-hmm. back yep. in 20, 2012, 2015. So I understand I understand that philosophy if they decided to not start with the Mando Grogu and then bring back Ray first, then introduce Mando yep. Grogu and all types of stuff. So I, I understand that because literally like like my girlfriend and I, we actually watched The Force Awakens. Oh, we nice. probably watched, we watched it once. We watched it in two parts because we had to finish it. She actually liked the movie. Oh, she yeah. I don't have hard not to like the movie. There's not much in there that could be um, like... There's not much in there that's inherently bad, I could say. I like, think... I feel I like think most that, people like the movie, I, at least. I think The Force Awakens is probably the best of the three. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she hates Kylo Ren. She hates mm-hmm. Kylo Ren because of what she what she said. When Nick... She nearly... I think she almost got emotional when Han Solo got killed. Yeah. She wasn't happy. And... She said, Kylo Ren, there's no bringing him back. There's no, there's no redeeming him or whatnot. Now, she's in for, she's in for a surprise as we get to the next couple of Oh, no. She might be watching the podcast. Told, we can't say I, too much. <laughs> yeah, so I can't see too much, but I will say that would be part of my Star Wars eventually once we get to those two films. But she, I, I could see a fan like her. Yeah. Seeing the last, or excuse me, watching these sequel films and saying, "Okay, Ray's coming back. I want to see what she's doing." You know, versus because she hasn't watched Mando yet. She hasn't watched. Yep. Oh. So she knows those characters a little bit. She hasn't watched those series yet. So the big. That's all. You you got to look at perspective. Especially when you introduce someone into Star Wars. Oh yeah, the the big thing with all that, I totally agree with you. Like the the people that got introduced to the sequel era stuff, that um, you know, there is that crowd there. But you know the big, oh, yeah. the big, the big thing that Lucasfilm and Disney's looking at is like, hey, all they got to do is show the little green guy on screen to millions yeah. of people in a marketing campaign, and <laughs> you know, like that's that's. I feel like that's something they're capitalizing on. Don't get me wrong, I I do wish they would have um, given. You can't really like it's hard to go from like a movie back to the little screen back to a movie for example mm, but yeah i really i really think they should have done a movie right after season two mm. but yeah but that's just me but anyways but yeah as far as my opening salvo on all this i mean obviously uh we we had talked about this what like late last year about how there's rumors of this happening and uh, yeah. uh you know we were kind of on the fence of like yeah, we don't really want this, but if it's announced, of course, we're going to be semi-excited oh. for it. And that's my reaction. I was like, yeah, whatever. It's another Star Wars movie. There we go. It's like a process of elimination. You know, we have four Star Wars movies. Hopefully, at least two of them gets actually into theaters at some point sooner rather than later after the history of Lucasfilm. But what got me really excited uh, right off the bat is when they said they're shooting this year. So that means that there's a likelihood of this thing coming out perhaps as early as December 2025, next year. I think there's a good chance this can come out um, because, first of all, I would imagine 
all the pipeline of the production is already set up because it's probably just going to be like the same sets they use for Mandalorian anyway in California. And they're just going to amp up the budget and different things like that. Maybe have bigger sound stages. I don't know. Um, but usually, you know, production could last a decent amount of time. And then post-production is like usually a whole year for a movie. So let's say they finish shooting. They start like maybe in a month or two. They finish by the end of the summer. That would give them enough time to actually get this movie out by 2025. And I, I feel like that was the big crux for them is, okay, we are not going to have a movie until 2026. Maybe that's not soon enough. Uh, uh, quick, let's let's boil down season four of The Mandalorian into just a movie and we'll get that out instead. Like, I don't know what the rationale is with this whole movie. I mean, maybe we could discuss that, obviously, but I think it's very interesting, very curious. Did they look at season three and be like, uh, it didn't land for a lot of people. Maybe we should just put it into movies or, hey, let's just try out something new. Uh, I'm very curious. I know, Milton, uh, I'm kind of on the same page for a certain degree. It's like, yeah, this started out as a series. I could see ending, but, and Ben, as you just said, going to a movie, then going back to a couple series and back to a movie again. It's kind of like too much whiplash. And then when you're explaining to somebody how to watch the show, you're like, well, you have to watch two episodes of this series, then an episode of this spinoff series, then you got to watch this movie. Then he, like, it just gets maybe too, too much now. Maybe it's too ambitious. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the thing to look out for with all this stuff is like, you know, technically... They haven't announced they canceled Mando season four, so that is something to keep in mind with all this. Like, you but know, they never announced like season we, four to begin with, though, either. Officially. Well, yeah, they haven't. They, they they haven't officially announced it. They said, you know, all all that was out there was like Favreau said he had like a script or writing for it or whatever. But um, but other than that, like, you know, so like we haven't really like had a full blown full announcement yet for like Mando season four being canned and turned into this movie. So it's like. You know, we're assuming that it's probably going to just be the movie, but you know, there's like rumors and different things out there and it's just, it, it's, um, it's going to be interesting because the big tell will be realistically when, whenever they start shooting, whatever this is, movie, show, whatever, whenever they start working on this Mando project, we'll know whether it's a show or movie, you know, as soon as they start, like, well, you know, they'll say, if it is the movie, they'll say starting the shooting of Mando, the Mandalorian Grogu, or if it's, Mando season four, it'll be starting shooting on Mando season four, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, that sort of thing. So it's just, it's interesting because, you know, the way Mando season three ended, you know, you could cut the series at that and then just go right to a movie. So, yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's just kind of a, a coin toss at the moment. It, you know, we'll find out whenever they start shooting is the big, the big tell when we'll find out what's, what's really going on here yeah ben uh one of the biggest things with season three that i got hung up on was just the finality of it the way it concludes of the the iris out on grogu force lifting a frog the world is good the galaxy is good they defeat him off gideon they have a nice little plot of land on navarro everything's happily every after essentially it's like wait there's no conflict anymore what the heck is happening why why is the series ending like it's a series finale not a season finale and maybe this is our answer. I think what they wanted to maybe do, Lucasfilm was saying, we have ended things here. Now we could either do season four or we can make a movie. If we make a movie, it's almost like anybody can kind of walk in on the movie and watch it, even if they don't have prior experience with the character, because they might kind of not soft reboot the world, but like a reintroduction of the character and, and they'll make references to Moff Gideon and all this stuff. But I think it's, 
kind of a good time to to try the movie approach being the way that season three ended at least oh yeah it it definitely i think is a good a good time to uh you know to jump into it and give it a try and you know like it it, it'll be really interesting just to see you know where they go with this movie because you know Mm. you're gonna have to do kind of like a pseudo introduction like super quick recap of what's happened in the first 15 minutes of 10 minutes of the movie, you know, because like for all we say about like continuity and things like that, like movies, movies should be standalone. You should be able to watch one movie Mm -hmm. without having to watch 27,000 other things. Like that's just, that's always my feeling on movies. Like, you know, you can take almost any star Wars movie for the most part and watch them standalone and get it. Like, you know, you don't need, you know, you you don't need to watch the other eight movies, for example, potentially to get it. Like you can watch Empire and get, you know, good, bad, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, that sort of thing. So like, you know, um, with this movie, I feel like they're going to do something like that, where it's like the first 10 minutes is like a pseudo catch up to, you know, hey, what what you've missed if you haven't watched The Mandalorian the last five years. Hey, Ben, I got um, an idea. Hmm. They could just do a crawl. They could just do an opening crawl, and guess what? Oh yeah, be... that's actually true. They could. Star Wars they could has had that to... built in since the 1977 oh, yeah. first movie. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, that's they that's a good idea. Mean, exposition yeah. before dialogue. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's actually a good idea. Just do three minutes of crawl, like being like, "Hey, um, off Gideon, blah blah blah." Like Mando, Grogu, Mandalore. Blah, blah. There's pirates in the galaxy, and there's a looming threat of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Boom! There you go. That's all you need to know. We're gonna jump into an adventure with with Mando and Grogu, and they're gonna be working with the New Republic with Carson Teva. Maybe General Hera will be in her her uh, ghost ship with with Ezra Bridger, and it's gonna be good times. So we're gonna jump right in like it's any other Star Wars movie. I think a lot of the times, I get, I myself get carried away with this. It's like. Oh, the, the, the general audience is not going to understand. You know, we're not going to understand. Nobody understood Star Wars when it first came out either. Nobody knew what that was. And, and guess what? It became the most successful franchise of all time, cinema-wise. So there you go. Um, switching gears, uh, Milt, let me ask you this. What do you think of the title, Mandalorian and Grogu? Do you like the title? Do you think it's too simple? Do you think it's not descriptive enough? What are your thoughts on the title? I mean, it's, personally, it's kind of weak, but I mean, maybe they're trying to be simple on purpose. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know what to name it, honestly, at this point. It just depends on what the story is. So I maybe this is just a working title just to say, True. hey, you know, it kind of like just you know, Star Wars. Like when Star Wars came out, it was Star Wars, and then eventually they changed it. But then when Star Wars 2 came out, they just said Star Wars 2. They didn't say Empire Strikes Back uh-huh. right away. Um, yeah. So it... it I don't know. This could be just a working title, and maybe they'll just say, "Hey, we'll we'll revamp it once we get closer to what we're looking to tell." Yeah, I think if you look at all the Disney stuff, right, it, this is no surprise to all of us that that go on and on about Star Wars, saying, "Oh yeah, Ahsoka," but it really should have been some kind of Rebels, cool, unique name because it's more about an ensemble than just Ahsoka. Sabine is a very big part. General Syndulla is a very big part. And you got, you know, Book of Boba Fett. That was actually kind of a cool title. I, I like that title just because it adds a little bit of extra finesse to it. It's not just Boba Fett. I think the two best titles in the Disney yeah. era were Book of Boba Fett. And, and I mean, even though I don't like the movie at all, is The Last Jedi. Like, at least it's unique or something. But, like, mm. like with all these titles, it just, to me, it just all comes down to marketing. It's oh, it's yeah. all S- it's all SEO stuff because mm-hmm. what's e- what's easier to to put as a hashtag, 
like Kenobi, the last Jedi Knight of the Old Republic or Kenobi, you know, like, so, you know, those sorts of things, like, I just, I think a lot of this just falls purely on marketing versus creative or they're like telling maybe like John and Dave and like even Kathy, like, like the marketing group telling those three, those three individuals, like, Hey, you know, here's your six simple titles to pick from pick one, you know, basically like yeah. that sort of thing. I mean, here's the thing, right? You look at, look at the general audience. We always got to talk. We always got to think about the general audience, you know, the grandmothers, the, the mothers, all the dads, everybody out there in the world. It's not a hardcore doing a star Wars podcast or listening to a star Wars podcast on a weekly basis. Uh, they're going to be like, oh, oh, did you see about that Mandalorian trailer movie? I, I'm going to go see that, right? Like, they're not going to sit there and try to rack their brain about, like, you know, the Rangers of the New Republic or something. They're going to just be like, oh, that's the metal guy in a suit. That's that little baby Yoda. That's, that's the Mandalorian. They're, they're gonna, that's what it's going to be, the well, Mandalorian movie. That's simply put, well, guys, duh, you know? <laughs> guys, I have, a, I have a first-hand example of that. So when this news got announced the next day, I get a call from my, my grandma. And she calls me all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden she calls me out of nowhere. And I'm like, I wonder why she's calling me. And I, I hadn't even thought about this news. Like I wasn't expecting her to read online Star Wars news. Yeah. Um, and she calls me and I'm like, hey, what's up? And she's like, hey, Ben, did you see they're making a, a movie about that old, that old Mandalorian guy and that little <laughs> green guy? I said, yeah, I saw the news. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, even she saw that and oh. like, you know, so, so like. People know, like, you know, they know who Baby Yoda is. Like, so like that's a that's a that's gonna be a big thing. And you know, you know, marketing is gonna go crazy when they when they start doing marketing for this Ooh. this movie. Like, you know, you're gonna have the baby Yoda puppet on every like Good Morning America talk show out there and everything. <laughs> yeah, they can actually talk about a, a Star Wars project without a strike. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be yep. glorious to see everybody out there getting the flowers they deserve out there, promoting everything. Speaking of getting flowers they deserve, how much you want to bet that Pedro Pascal actually, you know, goes on set this time around? He's, he's you know, the bigger money figures now. It's going to yep. be a movie. I think he's going to One. stop what he's doing now, and he's going to be like, oh, okay, you can at least get me on set for a single day at the very least. <laughs> oh, yeah. One, 100%. Like, Pedro is such a big star. He's going to want his face on the movie screen. I really hope that this is the movie where he gets over the whole I have to hide my face all the time. This mm. would be the way to do it. Just have him taking the helmet off repeatedly. Like, Bo-Katan's probably going to be in a movie. I would imagine that. You can't have a Mandalorian movie with just a solitary Mandalorian. I mean, you could, but why? You got the, the, the whole place is a Mandalorian. That's all over there. Use use more cool-looking guys in armor with jetpacks and, and girls as well. Uh so yeah, I think this is a good opportunity to really have that big moment where where Din just comes to the, you know, becomes more open now of all the adventures he's been on. But yeah, at the very least, I just want to see Pedro Pascal in there a little bit more. Oh yeah, Hope, hopefully so. Like I think I think he will be on the on the set and like on camera just because it's it's to me I feel like Pedro's gotten bigger than. Um, you know, bigger than just Star Wars as a star. Like, that's why I wish, um, I I hope for future Star Wars projects, they start to just cast, go back to the original trilogy style, more cast totally unknowns, and, you know, lock them down for many years. I mean, 
Pedro, he definitely wasn't unknown, but it wasn't until Star Wars came out that he was in that he had like skyrocketed because then he was like, oh, oh yeah, in The Last of Us, and then that's been the big issue is like the the filming conflicts between Last of Us and this, and now there's hubbub going around that he's going to be in Fantastic Four now, most likely, as if he isn't busy enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but. I'm a, I'm imagining John Favreau is going to write this script. I mean, this is his baby first and foremost. I can't imagine anybody else writing it. You know, if season three wasn't my favorite written Star Wars anything, I could say that for a long shot. I feel like he needs maybe another draft or more eyes on his on his script sometimes because they're just they're not deep enough, and sometimes there's like problem areas in there so i, I really hope I, I understand he's going to be writing this most like 99 percent chance but hopefully hopefully since it is a bigger budget it's a movie they could do a couple pass-throughs of the script before it gets finalized yeah, yeah i think the thing we um i would say definitely definitely have to like kind of like maybe asterisk it or remember it for season three like you know obviously we don't have any proof and they would never admit it but I feel like season three, the reason why it turned out the way it did was like they had to have smashed Rangers of the New Republic into season three, like to get whatever, you know, storylines they wanted to get taken care of. Because like, you know, think about like the, uh, you know, the standalone Coruscant episode or like, you know, just different things like that in season three where it's like you could just totally cut this stuff out and like, you know, you don't even need it or even like Moff Gideon breaking out. I don't know about you guys, but Moff Gideon breaking out feels like a Rangers of the New Republic type storyline, yeah. you know, like him breaking out and then Carson Teva reporting mm. on it and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, all these sorts of things. So, like, I think that's a big reason why season three had its issues. It just, to me anyways, it felt like they just had to kind of squish together, you know, Mando season three and Rangers and just be like, okay, let's come up with something. And that's why, like, I don't mind Favreau writing it, especially you know, he, uh, he has a lot more time now, like, you know, conceivably, you know, before the strikes, after the strikes, et cetera. Like, so like, he's obviously been working on this behind the scenes. Yeah. And the thing is, we got to remember this guy is the guy that kicked off the MCU with Iron Man. I'm not sure if he wrote that script, but he definitely directed the movie and that spawned the, the juggernaut that is the Marvel cinematic universe. We're used to seeing him in Star Wars in the capacity of, of working on TV. Movies are a whole different animal. And maybe that's just where he feels better utilized anyway. Maybe he feels more comfortable make, making movies. I don't know. And if that's the case, then yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And we can't, you know, judge shot for shot what, we, he, what he did with season three. Um, just because this is a whole different, you know, orchestra essentially working now. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I guess at this point we can, because there is another story to talk about a little bit after this. But uh, what are your guys' hopes for this movie? I mean, it's gonna, it's you know, anything that goes to the movie screen, it's for me, it's got to be epic. It's got to be climactic. There's got to be space battles. It's got to be some pretty awesome uh, gunfights. Maybe there will be Jedi running around. Who knows? But I'll throw it over to Milton. What what would you like out of the the first of the two announced at least Mandalorian movies? It better be good. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that's simplistic to say that, but uh, what I mean is, like, it needs to be, you're right. I think our expectations the last, let's say, three years when it comes to any Star Wars property has been here. Very, like, eh, 
if it's good and great, if it's if it's bad and we expected it, you know, like like that's where our heads have been because even looking at how Marvel has declined in the last how many years, like where our expectations are here now when it comes to superhero genre or Star Wars. Now we got those ups and downs. We we get, to, we get some hits, but it needs to be back to where it was an event, bro. Where like every movie came out for the most part was like, oh my god, you gotta be there. Like, yep. like oh man, I, I'm gonna tell four or five of my people, y'all got you gotta go see this joint. Like this movie's fire, you know. So it needs to get back to that point. But again, my expectations are here just because one. I don't like bringing politics into into what we do in our, our podcast, but realistically, I got to kind of put it in there. Sometimes there are weird hidden agendas in when how people make their films now, yep. whereas, whereas political messaging, that type of thing. Let's go back to just telling a good story. Let's go back to just presenting our story. If there is a message in there, tell your story, but if they don't put it, don't knock it over our heads. I think that turns a lot of people off. I think I think with social media now being a thing and how it is, when people see that, they're they're quick to go to their phone and say, "Hey, this is in this, this is in this movie. They're trying to prove this point. Don't go see it." You know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. let, let's get away to let's get away from that message telling. Just tell a story. It's fantasy. It's not real. Get back to telling a story that's got a lot of heart, action, excitement, and it keeps us wanting to come back. Like that's that's all I care about. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you, Milton. Like, I think with, like you said, a lot of movies nowadays, in my opinion, the quote-unquote, like, nerd movies, like superhero, Star Wars, indie, etc., yep. like, they've taken they've taken an undeniable hit over the past four to five years. Like, you know, you could just see the downward trending even before the pandemic. You know, Marvel was in a really tough spot with, like, all of its different movies. And, like, Star Wars was in its, was having its weird times. Like, you know, so you have all these different things, um, these properties taking hits. And also, I think as well, when it comes to, like, these types of movies, like, nowadays, in my opinion, I don't think the bar anymore should be, like, a billion dollars or bust. Because I don't think that's, like, right. you know, you know, I don't think that's even conceivable nowadays. Because, you know, people don't want to go to theaters. So, like... Yeah. I, I think you know when when it comes to these movies, it's like if you make them for like 150 million, you know you need you need to make back over 300. So like if mm-hmm. if this movie comes out, if this movie comes out and makes like 700 million, 600 million, it's a success. It'll be fine. Um, yeah. Here, here's the, another thing though too, and, I, and I'm Ben. Let me back back off that. So like another thing yep. is too about that. I think you're right. Our expectations about box office needs to stop because again, like a lot of times, look at Marvel. They were building up. Their, their 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 genre they're building up to the big team up movies mm-hmm. which box office would go up because we were invested from day from iron man to endgame you know and we knew where they were projecting it and so the box office would reflect that mm-hmm. nowadays a lot of these franchises don't have enough time to build up their brand these i mean look at what happened to dc yeah you know like dc was so impatient wanted to go from Man of Steel to Justice League right away when really they would have taken their time and told good stories to build up to their big team up, we would probably still have a DCEU hitting billion dollars. Now, we would have had COVID mixed in, but we still would have had a consistent brand. 
And Star Wars is kind of in that same boat now because now they're kind of like, we're building, but we want to still get from point A to point Q real fast. It's like, wait a minute. Tell your story. Don't worry about box office because that tends to affect plans moving down the road when it really shouldn't, unless you're telling a good story. But Ben, I'm going to let you finish. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. You're, you're making com- completely valid points. Like, you know, those things impact it's like a domino effect you know it just impacts the next thing and the next thing and and it even impacts like indirectly like tv show plans or other or even heck even gaming plans or book plans you know you you know you never know like a lot of this stuff could impact so many branches of star wars so like you know like you were saying i just want it to be like a really you know good fun movie like everybody wants to go back to see you know just have a good time with it and be a good first part to these mando movies coming to theaters because, like, in my opinion, like, Star Wars can't resist. Like, like, okay, so we have the Favreau movie and the Filoni movie. Like, now, now you guys can't tell me Star Wars couldn't resist. Like, if these two movies do good, I feel like it's, it's just bound to happen. We'll get a third movie because they would love to market the Mandalorian trilogy, you know? Like, I, I think that's something that could be conceivable as well just because it's it just it fits like i could see us getting maybe even a third movie if these two two do good just because it's like it has the potential to really like in my opinion like to really get us back to that like um 2015 2016 2017 range of star wars like around force awakens or force awakens leading into rogue one hype of like Everybody being excited, like feeling like Star Wars is like quote unquote back. Like I really think this movie has that potential. And like you mentioned, Chris, on your point about this movie, John Favreau knows how to set something up to like quote unquote like introduce like the new universe. Like because even though everybody knows Mando and Grogu, you know we're they're having to reintroduce Star Wars again to the public audience in movie theaters, and you know kind of. Um, uh, you, you know what kind of like point I mean in Milton kind of like they have to kind of like kind of like prove themselves again in theaters if if you get what I'm saying like you know they have to prove they can do it in theaters like they show they can do it on TV but they got to prove they can come out and make something that's like appealing and like wanting people to come back and back again um, for this movie or have right. good word of mouth at minimum yeah no, that, that that that's right it's like all right we can we can dominate this other area uh, as far as what I hope story-wise happens in this is I think they're going to try to, you know, like we were saying, it's called The Mandalorian and Grogu. I don't expect it to be just them. It's not going to be a solitary story. There's got to be enough in here to warrant having the bigger budget to doing all this stuff, right? I think Here's- you're going to have to throw in Grand Admiral Thrawn at some point, and he, he needs to be brought up as a better batter villain because Ahsoka was just the introduction there wasn't enough there so you know you look at building up his power level and maybe give him a couple wins along the way maybe at the end of this movie he gets a massive win and we're left with this cliffhanger then we go back into Ahsoka season two which we'll talk about in a second here 
and and it'll carry forward. So I think, yeah, this will be not a compartmentalized story. Maybe it'll start off that way and he'll go get his allies. But, you know, last we left off, he is working for the New Republic as a mercenary under the table with Carson Tever giving him missions along the way. So I think it's only fair that the number one enemy of the New Republic will end up being Grand Admiral Thrawn. Hence, Mando will have a collision course with that character. And, yeah, we'll have other characters well, pop in along the way. Well, Chris, that actually brings up an interesting thing I thought of. You know, for example, say if we are talking the Marvel route with Jon Favreau and all this stuff, or do they go and introduce Thrawn maybe in literally like the final five minutes of this movie or even a post credit scene, Thanos-esque, like Thanos style? Mm, yeah, something like that. Something like that. But I think he could be... He He's already showed up a lot in Ahsoka, so I think he would be even more involved than just a post credit story. It's like, yeah, we already know about him. Let's just put him in the actual movie at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, regardless of the fact, I am happy that we are getting another Star Wars movie because that'll equal four Star Wars movies. Looking at how this could be run by Lucasfilm, we get this movie hopefully in 2025. Then like you said, Ben, 2026, what would it be? Or 2026, it would be May, May, May. The 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 two dates for yeah, the two dates for twenty twenty six. It's May twenty twenty six. Um, I think it's the end of May. It's like May twenty one or twenty four, whatever that like Thursday Mm -hmm. is. I think is when it is. And then the other one was like December seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Somewhere in there was the twenty twenty six December movie. So like we have, uh, you know, two Star Wars movies for 2026 on the like schedule tentatively from Disney last from a few months ago back in like November. But it's just um, if they hold those dates, that's a whole another question. But, you know, it does bring up the question like, hey, if we do get this movie in May of 26, are they going to like, you know, do this movie and then go six months later and basically give us the quote, like the kind of endgame movie with the Dave Filoni movie, like being in December, like just six months later, or will they take a year or two to build up the hype? Yeah, uh, they're going to take a year or two to build up the hype because yep. I I mean, you look at endgame too and, and infinity where right? there was two movies. I think that came out between them. So they yep. kind of like want to let it simmer for a little bit and then they'll hit us with the, with the big finale. Um, and, and this is going to get, this is going to get right into the next story here. And that is Ahsoka 2 is just confirmed in a footnote within this story that we're reading from. So, yes, Dave Filoni has been confirmed to develop, to be development or to be currently in development for for the Ahsoka series. I can finally breathe now. I can finally let go of all my anxiety of, oh, my gosh, they set up all this stuff and nothing's going to pay off because it will. So I'm really happy with that because that was my big big gripe with the finale of season one was just why are they setting all this stuff up and it's been months since we've heard anything what the what the heck is going on here i'll throw it over to milton uh how excited are you for for season two of ahsoka because i'm pretty sure you enjoyed season one right yeah i enjoyed was it, eight episodes the first six the last two were a little up and down mm-hmm. but i know i enjoyed the entire show for the most part um it, it's pretty solid Star Wars. I couldn't really complain too much, obviously, but um, I'm wasn't surprised to hear that we're getting season two. I think the way the way they set it up, it appeared that we probably wouldn't have gotten it how they how it looked because hmm. it would have made you think, oh, they're just going to just turn it, just go from this to a movie. 
But I, I'm glad we're getting the show. I think it's warranted. I think uh, Rosario Dawson earned the opportunity to get a second season. I think there's so much more Ahsoka stories that can be told with the current storyline, but also mm. the parallel storyline of her training and still learning from Anakin. Now we know he's like, he's a forest ghost. Obviously he's going to still, he's there. So he's going to have to communicate with her throughout his time. And obviously how they ended it with them being on that planet. What was it called? Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-
Um, you know, I tweeted this out the other day. I saw someone like post, um, you know, one of those Star Wars aggregate accounts. Um, they posted mm-hmm. like, should Balin be recast? Blah, blah, blah. And to me, I think like we're at a point with characters like, you know, nowadays it's so tough because like people, people like cling on to all these actors that play these characters and like try to like only these actors can be these characters, you know, mm. like, so, so like, and they think these characters should not like move on past the actor. And, and to me, like at the end of the day, like the actor is just playing the character. The character should continue on if the story, you know, demands it. Right. And like in, in this case, like it definitely demands it because you just leave yeah. Balin standing there with statues. Like you, you can't just like, like, like what are we going to, like I, I don't like sound cyn- cynical about this, but you know, are we gonna get like just like a flash of lightning or something at the beginning of the show and Balin's like poof gone or something? Like we have right. to continue that story, so it's like they gotta recast him some way or another. Um, like you said, um, Lee F. Schreiber or um, my my big one I would love is Gerard Butler, but I I think he's just too big yeah. for Star Wars. Um, well, but, no, like, I don't know because he hasn't really hasn't really been anything. Like he's done like his true. Star Wars action movies, but. He's not that really is like breaking Bob records. He, he ain't Robert Downey Jr. Like that'd be true. I couldn't see Robert Downey Jr. playing in Star Wars or Leonardo no. DiCaprio at this point. But Gerard unless, Butler unless would like, be and Gerard would be good for that. Right. Pull it off. Well, let me let me jump in real quick. So like, yeah, I, you, you, made, you made a good point about how if if, you don't, if they don't recast it, is this going to be like a big like, well, what the f? Like, what are we doing with this character? And I've always felt if it's warranted, recast it because I look at two examples. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I know there was. I I, I love what what I love Chadwick Boseman. I love T'Challa. Love that character. He's one of my favorite characters. I always joke when I was at my brother's wedding, in Vermont. I was wearing that three piece suit. I said, "Bro, I felt like T'Challa because you. I mean, I was looking fly. <laughs> yeah. But like, but I said, looking at that story, that movie suffered because he wasn't recast. Like, I, and, I, and I know he's he's, he's one of my favorite fly. characters too. That that movie was not the same without him, Mm-mm. and if they, if they would have recasted that character with another prominent black actor who could have brought some type of energy, like like Chadwick, and no one can replace him, but we we would have yeah. let it. We would have definitely accepted it if they would have said it from day one. Hey, we're going to recast it. I respect for the character. I respect for Chad. This is going to work. I guarantee they would have told a good story. We would have accepted it. Look at example number two. The Rise of Skywalker suffered because they didn't recast Leia Organa. Because yep. you could tell, mm. looking at those scenes, <laughs> how they cut that, it's like this doesn't really fit to what it should have been. Because they I wrote, guarantee you, they wrote they, lines around Carrie's deleted oh, yeah. scene. Around that. Yeah, yeah. So like if, if Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul, was alive, I think we'd, we've got a different movie. If we would have yep. gotten a different movie, I fully believe that. But if they, they would have recasted her with another actress, whether she's an unknown or at least relevant, she could have done a good job at playing that. So I think I think that movie would have been better if they would have worked around it because it would have given more flexibility. I look at one more example, a movie that didn't suffer because they actually did recast The Matrix Resurrections, I believe. Oh, yeah. oh no, Re- The Matrix Revolution, when the lady who played the Oracle, she yep. died, oh, she I played the realize. Oracle in one of the one and two, she dies in real life, and then they recast her with another prominent black actress who played that same. Take, and it worked out perfectly because because they explained it. They said, "Well, why you look uh, different?" 
oh. or the, the matrix, blah, 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 no blah, blah. This is how things work in the matrix. Wow. Organic. I'm like, oh, we're good. I believe it. Like, go go yeah. back and rewatch that movie. They explain it. Oh, so to me, it's warranted. If you explain it right, especially in a movie like The Matrix, it works. With, with Star Wars, you can make that work. We can forgive that because, okay, we understand that old boy died. We can't help the kids. That's real life. Yeah. So, well, yeah. well, well no, another thing, like with Star Wars fans, yeah. we got to remember, like, we always You're talk about. No, go ahead. We, we always talk about recasting and stuff. And, like, you know, people always are debating recasting. Like, don't get me wrong. Of course, it was, like, 20-some-odd years later in a prequel. But, like, Obi-Wan was recast. Han Solo was recast. Um, Genevieve O'Reilly. Genevieve O'Reilly. We're all loving her. And she's recast. And she's playing Mon Mothma in this universe. And she was after the, the woman who played her in Return of the Jedi. And people forget that, though. Here's another like, one. Here's another one that's recast. And people don't quite understand it. And they love him because he is. Darth Maul was freaking recast by Sam Whitworth oh, yeah. with his voice. Yeah. And and no one says nothing because he does such a good job. Yeah. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, Hell, he recast, he recast the Emperor multiple times in the games and even in the freaking oh, yeah, animation. Yeah. No one says anything. Yeah. You know what I I'm see. saying? So it's like, it's like, it's like literally we got it in both live action and animation because you watch uh, Solo. You obviously have Ray Park, but that is not race or uh that Peter Savinovitz guy's voice. Yep. Yeah. That's Sam Whitwell. Well well Milton, even even Whitworth. with those examples, even with those examples, um, like when it comes to like Ray Stevenson with Balin in this series, like I think they they really should recast him though, because it's like his character was so interesting and like he was arguably out of our you know, main characters like Ahsoka and Thrawn and people like oh. that. Out of the quote-unquote new characters, he was the best new character. Yeah. And then, like, like you also have the factor of, like, don't get me wrong, um, like, his character was amazing and all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. But, like, and it's not even, like, being disrespectful, but, like, his character is not an iconic big character yet. He's not Darth mm. Vader. He's not... Luke, he's not those type of characters. Yeah. But then you have like other franchises, like if you look at like Batman, Batman's being recasted countless number of times. Mm. While you know, while Christian Bale is still around, they go and recast Batman and you know, with Ben Affleck. Or like a Spider-Man. Spider-Man's been recasted countless times, and now we have all three of them on screen together. So like, you know, you have all these characters. Or even James Bond. James James Bond. Bond. That's all I gotta say. Yep, and James, James Bond. I remember when 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 the Flash, when when the Flash show came out. Yeah, on CW when CW was at its height, literally the premiere of the Flash show, they announced the Flash movie. Yep, with freaking uh, Ezra Miller. Ezra and, instead of Grant Gustin. Yeah, and Grant Gustin's playing the Flash for like three weeks at that point because the show was awesome, and then and they announced, "Oh, we're doing a Flash movie with blah blah." And I remember Stephen Amell came out and he was like. That wasn't cool. They should have at least waited or say, hey, like, let Grant play him. However, I, I enjoy Ezra Miller Same. as the Flash. Yeah, he's he's, he's a little messed up in real life. <laughs> yep. But people got over it. It's okay. Ezra Miller's the movie version of the Flash. You know what I'm it can happen. Yeah. 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 Now, now, with you guys, um, with this show, like, setting, like, the recasting thing aside. So, like, for me, with this show, like... I'll I'll let you guys go after I just say my like thing real quick. So like for me with this show, I just want like Ahsoka season two to like really carry on the carry on the Balin story with the Mortis stuff. Like 
get interesting with it. We already had implications of the world between worlds in season one. We had, um, you know, those sorts of things, those force entity type things. And especially like, what is Balin looking for? Is he looking how, you know, on how to get, enter Mortis or whatever, or like, you know, the whole Abeloth thing or, you know, just anything really like Balin, like continue his character arc. And then of course, with Ahsoka season two, I do think in like, in my opinion, I think the majority probably like, I would say at least 60% of the screen time probably is going to be taking place in our galaxy versus the other one, because, you know, I think it's going to be centered around like Hera and Ezra trying to put together a rescue mission to find mm. Ahsoka. And then you're going to be dealing with Thrawn, you know, Thrawn and the witches, uh, you know, getting their plans around and eventually like, I think eventually we're going to get that moment we talked about, guys, at the end of the finale. I think we're eventually going to get that moment where Thrawn announces himself to the galaxy. Like, you know, either it's like a broadcast to Coruscant or broadcast, oh, I, you know, I, I think we're going to get something like that, basically. Sometime, I mean, it might be the way this season ends, potentially. I think we're getting that in the in the Mandalorian movie. Yep. Like oh yeah, that's actually the big a good thing for the it. movie. It's like that, you know, the audiences don't know about the blue guy yet, but they're gonna know about the blue guy when they get out of that movie. They're gonna be like, that guy is the next Sidious or something, right? They're gonna start saying, "This is one of the best bads we've ever seen in Star Wars." Like, here we go, let's go, let's go. But I mean, as far as like what I expect for Ahsoka is to do, to do what they did in the first season, right? It's a very special show because it deals with the Force and. No other show does that right now. Um, well, Obi-Wan did that a little bit, but uh, this really gets in the weeds with that. And it's that samurai-esque, right? Every episode basically had like lightsaber dueling going on. So I fully expect that. I want to see what Shin Hati is capable of now that she is part of these bandits. I want to see more of her story because she intrigued me as a character, but they didn't go in as in-depth as I would have liked the scene. But now here we go. It's season two. The benefit is... We could dive a lot further into that character. So that's what I want. Yeah. And um, yeah, Milton, Mil do you have any last words on the Ahsoka series? Anything you would like out of that as well? Or like expectations or anything, Milton? Or like what you'd like from the story? It better be, listen, it better be fire. That's all mm. I gotta say. Because like, nah, cause I, I really enjoyed that particular season. You know, like I said, it had some hiccups. But I, I love that character. And you know, I'm, I'm going to say this because I listened to, um, what was I listening to the other day? Uh, something with, Roka said something about that female director making those comments. Oh, yeah. Okay. About, you know, about like making men uncomfortable and all that other stuff, blah, yep. blah, blah, which it was nonsense. It was nonsensical and bullshit, but whatever. But, you know, I, I love this character. And I think, you know, we as men, you know, we, we do appreciate the female leads and characters in Star Wars. I want to make that very clear. I Because I, I, I think we get this notion that, you know, Star Wars isn't for women and blah, 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 which is trash. Like, Ahsoka's a beloved character. So I say it all I, the I time. Really Padme, Pat, Padme's really underrated. Mm -hmm. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I like that we're getting another series that's female-led, you know, and that's a character that's beloved because, again, from where she started till now, like, bro, Ahsoka can. Why, why do you think we get mad when we're like, how is she losing to people? Like, she's that nice. Like, because we're invested. So that's to tell you right there, men ain't weird about this female character. We want her to be successful. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, like, 
I, I love I love the character. I love the show for the most part. I liked it a lot. I hope it continues to improve. I trust Dave Filoni for the most part. So I'm excited. My expectations are for the show to be successful. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a really good point, Milton, um, to bring up. You know, that it has been like a kind of trying times for Star Wars fans in the last two weeks with all that stuff going on. And like that's a good point for any of our like our listeners or viewers on here. Um you know, like with Star Wars fans, a lot of like the people that are out there that are like, you know, they're the minority, small, it's a small, loud minority of the fandom that is saying like stuff about women and things like that. Like, you know, some of our, some of our favorite characters for Star Wars are these women. Like, you know, Ahsoka's awesome. Bo-Katan, I, I'll hold it to this day. Like Bo-Katan's, Bo-Katan's intro into Mando season two oh, was yeah. so badass like her just coming in and whipping those pirates and stuff like that was awesome and like katie and, sackoff and, and, is and great bad, listen and she ain't bad on the eyes either so yeah like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly exactly you have her you have even you know i always say it like um you know when we talk about like strong stronger like female leads and female characters in star wars like Padme is one of the most overlooked characters in Star Wars, in my opinion, and her character is great. Like I like uh, Padme in Episode One and Two specifically is, you know, she's such a good character. So it's like, you know, with Ahsoka being like primarily, it is like a female-led show. It's yeah. it's Ahsoka, it's Hera, Why? it's Sabine, <laughs> but we, but all these characters are fan favorite characters, and like you know, we we don't we don't you know that that's the thing. Like you know, Milton, you bring up like quality so much. We don't complain about it if it's bad quality. Like, if it was bad quality with these characters, we would talk about it. But since, you know, these characters have been written pretty well, like, we enjoy them. Like, it's 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 yeah. simple as that. It's not like some big conspiracy, yeah. like, about this these things. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I, I, I want to make it very clear. I don't care if it's a man or a woman in the lead of the character. If it's good, I'm going to like it. If yeah. it's trash, yeah. I'm going to let you know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I was just watching Wonder Woman today at the gym, and I was on cardio. That first Wonder Woman movie is fire. It is great. Oh, you know what I'm saying? If, if no man's land scene is awesome. Yeah. If it wasn't good, I'm gonna let you know. I got nothing to do with her being a woman because I've watched plenty of. I, I I went to rewatch the Justice League, the, the Josh Whedon mm-hmm. version. Trash. Huh? Oh yeah, that's... Ain't, got, ain't got nothing to do with men women. It's just bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 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 if the female leads. If, if if the Ray stuff was dope in the fourth in the trilogy se- sequel or sequel trilogy, I'd be all about it. I'd be like, yeah, great. Got nothing to do with her being a woman. It yeah. just ain't well written. It ain't developed for her that well. So I'm just like, all right, it is what it is. Yeah. So I mean, look how we feel good. about Boba Fett season one. I mean, we love Tamara Morrison. Cool. Like, we love him. But the, the 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 way they did his character, they they lowered his power level. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, yeah, it's funny how this week went, right? I mean, last week, Ben, I was like, we're going to get news. We're going to get news. I said, I feel it. I I have an idea. We're going to get that bad badge trailer. And I don't think anybody had on their bingo card that we were going to get a Star Wars movie announcement out of the blue on a on an early uh, in an early January Tuesday. Right. It's like, what the heck happened? So. I mean, I, there's been other reports or not reports, but there's been rumblings. There's been, uh, the creators of bad match saying, Oh, the trailer's limited or whatever. So I've, I expect I'm going to throw another bold, bold prediction. We're going to get a bad batch trailer this upcoming week. Cause there's nothing going on on Disney plus right now. It well, goes out and it's amazing. Go watch it. But there's really nothing else that has, has dates. I think we're, we're about to get hit with a 
two weeks of Star Wars news because we've we've been lacking it for a couple of months. They're they're just think, starting off the year. I think we'll get the Bad Batch trailer sometime in 2024, sometime this year. <laughs> you never know. You never know with them. Like like because the thing is, I don't know. You know how it is with Star Wars with teasing things. But I do think, um, I do think my like my hats off goes goes off to Lucasfilm because like this news was so random. Like I don't like to be like a conspiracy person, and be like, oh, they're they're trying to squash negative talk on the internet or anything. Uh... But after all that stuff went down two weeks ago, like all the internet was ablaze. Like every but all the creators, so many fans on so, Twitter on X, you know, were fighting, and it's just so much negative, negative, negative buzz around Star Wars. Like why just drop this news on a random Tuesday? Like to me, it just feels kind of kind of reactionary like they you know they had this in in the books maybe you know maybe this could have been announced two months from now or something but maybe they just had this sort of huge news in the books to be like okay you know what let's just like squash all the talk around that that um daisy Ridley movie just squash it all completely you know put it out there that like the mando movie's coming first etc cetera, etc cetera. put out there ahsoka season two and then go from there because like it it just feels so calculated. Like, you know, why would you have like so much negativity a couple weeks ago? And then all of a sudden all the Star Wars fans online are happy. And I don't know about you guys, like nobody's talking about the, the controversy from that that Daisy Ridley movie anymore, basically. You know, most people are talking about the Mando movie or Ahsoka season two or the Dave Filoni Mando movie. Like, you know, that's all people are focused on now versus this controversy so like mm. hats off to lucasfilm if they did decide to pull the trigger and announce it early or something but it just you know like, like you said initially chris like even unintentionally before i even brought this up like it was just such weird timing on a random tuesday you just dropped this news like to me i don't know if i had to, if i had to do the conspiracy theorist it's i think they did it on purpose to squash that stuff online yeah well, i don't know if we'll ever know <laughs> truly Oh um, no! <laughs> there was, there was also another announcement of of six more episodes of the Young Jedi Adventures coming out, and I know for uh, maybe Milton and, and and maybe Ben, your your niece or nephews, whatever. Yep. Um, niece, I know yep. mine that they, they watch it, my niece and nephews, so they'll they'll be happy. I'm I'm happy because apparently one of the screenshots shows that the the lighting ceremony aboard Starlight Beacon. So we are firmly set in phase one of the High Republic books at this point. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see what those characters. You got Lena So, Chancellor of the Republic, in animated form. It's pretty neat. So I'll be looking forward to seeing those. I think they're that that last batch of episodes for season one heads out uh, to Disney Plus and Disney Junior in February. Um, so yeah, that'll be about it. Um, as for me, uh, you guys can find me here on the channel. Obviously, if you're watching and you know where to find me, YouTube.com/slash/StarRaptor. Um, as I said last week, I started that blog on starraptor.sub, uh, I, I keep saying subreddit every time I'm going to introduce somebody to where my blog is. It is <laughs> not subreddit, it is substack, starraptor.substack.com. I just put up, uh, speaking of the Mandalorian Grogu, I put up a listing of the, t the five characters that should make an appearance in the Mandalorian Grogu. Check it out. I also have my review of Echo hitting very soon on that blog as well. Milton, it's good to have you back, man. Where can the people find you? I can only guess what you're going to be talking about over the next 48 hours, but hey. 
Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Milton Weber seven or on Instagram at Milton seven Weber. You're right. The next 48 hours. We'll hope, we'll, <laughs> if we win, I'm talking about we, my Philadelphia Eagles, we played Tampa Bay tomorrow, tomorrow night. If we win, we're going to make a run. If we lose, I wouldn't be shocked because we've been playing like trash the last month. But I'm happy that Dallas got their asses whooped tonight. So I'm good, <laughs> as you as you see on my, my, my sweater. Freak <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys, bro. That's great. Where can they find you on social media? Milton Weber 7 on Twitter or Instagram at Milton 7 Weber. So we're good. All right, we're good. Yeah, I mean, that's hopefully the Eagles can win so one of our teams can continue on on, on this podcast. Um, but yeah, for me, you can find me talking about fitness, talking about Star Wars, talking about the NFL playoffs, and um, that's about it really on on Twitter, at RealBenMaynard, and Instagram as well. You can find me at RealBenMaynard. Sometimes I just share random fitness stories or just share share funny funny memes on Instagram so you can follow me there. All right, so there you have it. Uh, you guys can always download the podcast after the fact. Just look up Outer Ram Transmission, Spotify, on Apple, anything like that. But for us here at Outer Ram Transmission, we'll be back live next Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, breaking down the latest in Star Wars. It was great to get a good old news episode out to you guys. And otherwise, that's going to do it for Millen, for Ben, for I. Chris, a.k.a. Star After is going to do it for Adderham Transmission, episode 136. Have a safe and pleasant week, everybody. We'll see you next time in Transmission.